I want you to help me welcome Pastor Robbie Mathis from Freedom Tabernacle. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give him praise tonight, can we? Hallelujah. My faith has been stirred tonight, hasn't it yours? Hasn't God been good to us? He saved us, delivered us, set us free, healed us. He's provided for us, protected us. Has he done that for you tonight? Anytime in your life? Come on, one more time. Give him a big shout of praise tonight. Yeah! He's worthy of our praise. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated tonight. What an honor and privilege it is to be with you here again at the North Georgia Revival. We always love coming up here. Jill and I get to come when we can. And, and then the, uh, all this op great opportunity when we get to minister and preach here. And just we just love the environment. So certainly love getting to meet all of you. Uh, that's one of the things I really enjoy is just the, uh, besides the spirituality, the the thing that God does in our hearts and in our lives is just a fellowship, relationship we made and just, uh, you know, get to see people's face and they're always saying, hey, I don't always know your name. I recognize your face, but it's just a, a great, great privilege to serve the Lord together. Amen. My faith has been stirred tonight. Wasn't that an awesome testimony? It was an incredible, incredible testimony. And I'm just so, so thankful for that. You know, when I was, uh, we all go through seasons in our life. And, you know, for a, a time, I went through a challenging time just mentally, just with struggles in my life. And I want to tell you, every time that I came here on these Sunday nights, God encouraged me. God encouraged me. He lifted my faith, and it helped me to continue to war and to battle in the things that I was going through. So whatever that you're facing tonight, Know that God will speak to you and he'll encourage you. So that's why we just keep saying, just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. The breakthrough's coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming and pressing in to the Lord. And we're just so, so thankful. I want to um, thank this church, thank the revival for the leaders that host this, the pastors. And as he was talking about giving to the uh, giving to support this work, I want to tell you that we personally, uh, as a church, as a congregation, and Jill and I personally, we've been recipients of this, and we have really, really been blessed. Last year, the North Georgia Revival took up an offering and, and really blessed us, surprised us, and really able to help us pay for our baptistry that we were putting in at Freedom Tabernacle. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that was a big, big blessing. And every time that we baptize people in that baptistry, it is uh, with so much appreciation for what you all did to help us with that. We had baptism last Sunday. And to see people that had come in their first time and gets prayer at the altar, drug addicts, they get set free and been clean since. And they get in, that, they get in the baptistry to get baptized, to just... To, to rededicate their lives to the Lord and with tears flowing down their eyes and just thanking God for what he's done. It's, it's all worth it to see teenagers step in there giving their lives to the Lord and say, I just need Jesus. I, I want him. And to get a refreshing and a cleansing, it's all worth it. So from the bottom of our heart, 
We want to tell you we appreciate sowing into our ministry and being a blessing to us. Let's give God thanks. He's so, so, so good. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Exodus 33 tonight. Exodus 33, I want to share a thought with you and that God has placed on our hearts. And then we're going to open up the altar call. We're going to baptize people tonight. And many, many lives are going to be changed. Exodus chapter 33. Let's start with the 12th verse. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go up with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we should be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, We'll also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he, Moses, said, Please show me your glory. I want to share a message with you tonight called Show Me Your Glory. There's something that the Lord specifically wants to release to us tonight, this night. And I want to tell you about it. Not this past Wednesday, but a week ago Wednesday, which was February the 23rd, I went in our sanctuary and I began to pray, and I began to seek the Lord. There was so much revelation that was coming out on February the 23rd. It was, it was amazing. All morning, God was just pouring himself out. Revelation and, and wisdom and things. You ever had those days where God just speaks, and he just sits so fast that you just couldn't keep up? There was just revelation that, that was coming. I was sitting in the presence of the Lord, and I was just weeping, and I began to just think, saying, God, what, what is this? What, what is, what's going on today? There seems to be this new wave of your glory, of your presence, and revelation that is being released today. God, what is it? And the Holy Spirit said, what was yesterday? I said, Lord, it was February the 22nd. He said, that's right. It was 2, 22, 22. 22. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. 
in those letters, it makes up the holy word of God. The number 22 biblically stands for light and revelation. And the Lord began to say that the day before he had opened up an increase of light and revelation. I want you to know, church, that this year is a year for God to release an incredible amount of light and revelation. You intercessors should have already picked up on it. You prophetic people should have already picked up on it. And you understand this revelation that is being poured out. You may say, well, pastor, that's the Gregorian calendar that, that we go by, and it's 2022. Well, let me just say this. This Hebrew year is 5782. If you take those numbers, 5782, and you add them up, they add up to 22. God said this is the year for light and revelation to be released and exposed to the body of Christ. It's just a matter, are we listening to what he's saying? So I want to tell you, I want us to open up our hearts and our minds tonight and say, speak, Lord, speak. We're ready to hear and we're ready to receive revelation of, of all that God has. Can I tell you that no matter what's going on in the world, the people of God ought not be afraid. We should not be timid because we got light and we got revelation that's being released. Can I tell you that God is releasing and wants to release divine strategies for the people of God that we know how to flourish in every situation that the devil tries to throw our way. Listen, God's not moved. God's not surprised by anything. This ought to be an exciting time for the people of God because we know what's really taking place. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So on February the 23rd, sitting there and the Lord began to speak to me about those numbers. He's, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to look up what next Sunday is, because I was in my heart and mind, I was praying about the revival tonight. And, I, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, look up what next Sunday is, what next Sunday night is. So I looked it up, and it's March the 6th, 2022. That's what today is. But the Lord said, I want you to see what it is on the Hebrew calendar. So I looked it up. And today on the Hebrew calendar is Aldar the third. It's the second Aldar. The Hebrew calendar has two months that are Aldars, like we would have March 1 and then another month that's March. That's on their Hebrew calendar, Aldar. And it today... March the 6th is Aldar the 3rd. That's what today is. So what specifically happened on this day in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Because listen to this. In Ezra chapter 6. Now, I want, I want you to know that we're going to go back 
We're going to finish up with Moses, okay? So just hold your place there. Don't forget. We've not left Moses. We're going to get, we're going to get him, we're going to get him to the glory. But I got to show you this before we get there. So Ezra chapter 6, verses 14 through 16 says this. So the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Now listen to this 15th verse. Now the temple was finished on the third day of the month of Adar. That's today. That's this day. This day is a celebration. On the third day of the month of Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius, then the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites and the rest of the descendants of the captivity celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. This wasn't to work last Sunday. It wasn't to work next Sunday. But God said, today, on the third day of Adar, which is today, why is there such celebration and rejoicing in the house of God? Because it's a memorial day of them dedicating of the second temple back to God when the Israelites had been in bondage for 70 years. Are you hearing me? It's a celebration day. And so the Lord wants to talk to us and speak to us about some things with this. You remember Solomon built the original temple. The glory of God was there. Fire fell down from heaven, consumed the altar. The glory cloud was so strong that the priests could not enter into the house because of the glory. Because of their sin, they backslidden state. God sent the Babylonians to them, and they destroyed the temple. They took all of the captive, and they went into captivity for Babylon. Jeremiah prophesied to them, and he said, It shall come to pass that 70 years later I'll bring you back and return you back to this place that I have prepared and that I have chosen. Jeremiah prophesied to them about that. We all know that King Cyrus was the one that God moved on his heart to release them. They went back to the temple because they wanted to reestablish it, and that's what happened here in Ezra chapter 6. Zerubbabel was the governor. He was appointed the governor of Judah, and with the help from Joshua, who was the high priest, they began rebuilding the temple. It took them two years to establish the foundation of the temple. Opposition arose, and work on the temple stopped for 17 years. Nothing was going on for those 17 years. God began to stir up the prophets, and he began to stir the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, and they encouraged Zerubbabel. They encouraged him in the work Pick back up. Now listen to this. This is important for our revival. When they began to work back on the, the construction of the temple, it took them four years. Yeah. 
For those of you that hadn't got it yet, we just celebrated four years in the revival. Four years. It took them four years to complete the construction of the temple. And they had a celebration, and they dedicated it, and they rejoiced when they finished it after four years on Adar the third today. Today. This day. This day. Although it was complete, it did not contain everything that Solomon's temple had. The second temple, there was rejoicing, there was celebrating, but there was one thing missing in this second temple, and it was known as the Ark of the Covenant that was not in their presence, it was not placed behind the Holy of Holies because they did not have it. And so they were celebrating. It did not have the Ark of the Covenant, no mercy seat, which represented the presence of the Lord. And so I want to tell you tonight that as they continued on and for, for several hundred years, they kept going just through the motions and doing all the things that the priests would do without the presence of the Lord. And so I've come to tell us tonight that we have to be reminded that we've, we can celebrate in knowing that we have uh, that God's been so good to us in this revival for four years. But I want to tell you that we have got in this night, in this turning moment, in this time of celebration, in this time of rejoicing, that we must never forget we cannot do this without the presence of Almighty God. We must have God's presence in everything that we do, in everything that we do, we have got to have the presence of God. Amen. We must have him. So we have to decide tonight. This, Listen, I want to, as we were back there in communion, and as we were praying, the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. And he told me some things that he was going to be doing in this place tonight. Pastor, you spoke and you said that God was going to change their hearts. The Holy Spirit told me that he was sensitizing the hearts of the people in this place tonight that he was tenderizing the hearts. That was the specific word that he spoke to me and said. He said, I'm tenderizing the hearts of the people. There are many that have been in this, this revival for many years, and it is so easy if we're not careful that we begin to allow our hearts to become callous over the ritualistic of it, that the expectations are just going to happen. But we need to make a declaration tonight as the people of God. The Old Testament, when they rebuilt that second temple, they rebuilt it, they celebrated, they rejoiced, and they went through the motions, but there was no Ark of the Covenant. There was no presence of God, but God said that was then 
but this is now. And you and I have a choice. We can continue on, uh, not just expecting God to show up, but continuing in prayer, continuing seeking God and saying, God, if you don't go, if your presence does not go with us, I don't want to go. I wonder tonight, is there anybody uh, that wants the presence of God uh, to go with us from this moment forward? Saying we're not going to just rejoice. We're going to go with the presence of God. It's got to be decided. Pastors, you had a celebration today at the Church of Wonder. One year, a celebration of when God sent you there to that place. The place was packed. It was filled with people rejoicing and celebrating for all that God was doing. And when we were standing there in worship, I began to think about that white dove that was noticed on the outside of the church. As you said, there for so long there had been crows and, and, and vultures that was always there. But this day, on Aldar the third. There was a white dove as a symbol. As you know, what was that symbol? God said it was because you not only did like those in the Old Testament with the second temple, you didn't just rejoice and celebrate, but God said he had sent you there and you had made a room for him. You had provided a holy habitation for his presence. That was the most important thing. So as long as you continue doing it, the presence of God is not just going to be rejoiced and celebrated, but I prophesy unto you this night there's going to be an increase and the dove of the Holy Spirit is going to be released in that place through men and women, boys and girls because you provided a place, a habitation for the glory and presence of God. Give me praise tonight in a praise house of the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, we cannot just go through the motions, church. We cannot. If you're a pastor here tonight, please, please don't just go through the motions. Don't just do like they did and just go through the motions and everything is just status quo and check off the box that this happened and that happened and, and the Holy Spirit waiting on to an invitation to come and move in our midst. Did you know that Matthew chapter 17 in the transfiguration gives us a beautiful picture of the church? Right before Matthew 17 and Matthew 16, Jesus begins to speak, and he talks about cross-bearing, taking up your cross and following him. And then in Matthew 17, he goes right on in, and it said, now, after six days that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on the mountain to be transfigured before them said that his face did shine like the sun and his countenance or his body, his clothes were white as the light. And he began to display his glory. And so in an acted out 
prophetic display. Jesus was demonstrating to them that cross bearers become glory receivers. He was wanting them to know that the cross was not the end. The glory of God is the end. So cross bearers become glory carriers. Cross bearers become glory receivers. And as he was transfigured there right before them, there Moses and Elijah appeared to them. And as they, they, they began to, to talk, and so Peter, Peter begins to do what we often do. He jumped into the religious setting. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You ever notice that when God shows up sometimes and we don't know what to do, we just talk. Have you ever tried to just get the people to be still and quiet before the Lord? Have you ever just, just tried to get them to be still, to listen? Our religious mindset makes us, we got to, people get uncomfortable with quietness because we feel like we got to do something. We got to make it happen. Well, Mark's gospel in Mark 9 and Luke 9 both give this same thing. And Mark and Luke both said that when Peter did this, one of them said not knowing what he said. And the other one said because he didn't know what to say. So Peter just talking. I know y'all don't do that. We've all been guilty, haven't we? Because we want to talk. We, we want to be the one. And so the Bible said that as he was speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice out of the cloud said this, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And the disciples fell on their faces, the Bible says, and they were greatly afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Fear not, be, be not afraid. And the Scripture said in Matthew 17, 8, I believe it is, that when they lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. Our eyes must be on Jesus. Only Jesus. As Solomon's temple, the fire fell. As Solomon's temple, the glory cloud was there. The priests could not even minister because the glory cloud was so strong. This did not happen at the second temple. And there were people that were there at Solomon's temple who saw this new temple. God spoke to the people, those that saw both of them. And he said this in, in Haggai 2.3, he said this. God asked him a question. He says, how do you see it now? In comparison with Solomon's temple, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet, God declares in Haggai 2.9, he says, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. And in this place, I will give.
give peace. You say, how could that be? That's what they were thinking. How can this be? There's no fire on the altar. There's no glory cloud. And God is saying the, the glory of this latter house is going to be greater than that. Then it's going to be greater than the first temple. How could this be? There's two things that I want you to know. First of all, is things are not always as they appear. There's a couple of realms that are taking place. I shared this with our congregation Wednesday night. There's a realm that you and I see. Let's just say that it's this area right here. There's a realm that we see. We see it on the media. We see it on television. We, we see it with our natural eyes. And this is oftentimes what we base things on. But I want to tell you, there's another realm that's beyond what we can naturally see that we have to understand there's something that's taking place that we might not see or that we might not understand. Amen? So we can't just look at things as they presently are because God is not limited, restricted, or bound within time. God don't see things like we see. He's not limited in time. So what we see, God sees the end from the beginning, the beginning. He sees the whole big picture. And so God says the glory of this latter house is going to be greater than the first. Because of what God saw, something happened. 500 years later, there was a teenage girl named Mary who gave birth to a son, and his name was Jesus. And the Bible said in Luke 2:21 that when the eight days of his of his uh, of the days for his circumcision, his name was called Jesus, according to what the angel named him. And then, listen to this, something happened or took place in Luke 2, 22. You remember us talking about Luke 2, or 2, 22. In Luke 2, 22, now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. What were the days of her purification? It's not just a day they decided. You got to go back to Leviticus chapter 12 because the law of Moses in Leviticus 12 gave the specific instructions about what a woman was supposed to do. And you have to understand that. The scripture said that when a lady gave birth to a child, she would be impure or unclean for seven days. And if she gave birth to a male child, on the eighth day, that male child was to be circumcised. And then she would remain in the purity of that blood for another 33 days. Thirty-three plus that seven is it makes forty. Forty days for that time. Are you hearing me? 
And so at, at that time, what was happening when they came to Jerusalem to present Jesus uh, in the temple was presented in the gospel in Luke 2, 22. Light and revelation was being brought. <laughs> into the temple. The Bible said there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. For it had been revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he was moved or went by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents presented him uh, with their baby Jesus, according to the law, this is what Simeon did. The scripture said that he took Jesus into his arms, and this is what he prayed. He said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation a light to lighten the Gentiles or a light to give revelation to the Gentiles and the glory, everybody say glory, the glory of your people Israel. What was happening when Jesus was brought into the temple? Glory stepped into the temple. When Jesus comes in, the glory comes in. John said it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. <laughs> All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. In other words, it doesn't seize it. It doesn't overtake it. Darkness cannot put out light. Light puts out darkness when the glory comes. Come on, give him praise right now. Glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. That temple was filled with greater glory because Jesus came into it. Y'all about ready to wrap this up, aren't you? Joni, y'all come on up, worship team. Let's finish this up. I told you it wouldn't work last Sunday. It wouldn't work next Sunday. Today is Aldar the third. I want his glory, don't you? I want his presence. <clears throat> so back to Moses. Moses 
said to the Lord, please show me your glory. What was he asking for? What do you think about when we talk about the glory of God? What, what, do, you, what do you think about? What, what, what comes to your mind? And can I tell you that a lot of Christian folks, when we talk about the glory, they think about the spectacular. They think about the splendorous things, the, the things that make us go wild, make us go wild. I don't know of anything more splendorous to make me say wow than Jesus. Because when he shows up, the glory shows up. Because that's what it is. It is him. It is him. You know what Tate says on that video, wasn't that his name? Tate? What do you think about Tate? He, when he says the glory showed up, he's saying, Jesus, heal me. Because the glory came. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. What was he asking for? Moses had already received the promises from God. God said, I'm going to send my angel before you, and I'm going to drive out the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Hivites. He said, I'm going to drive them all out. He already had the promises. He already was promised that God's presence, which translates to God's face, that's what presence is. It's the face of God. He had already been promised that, that God was going to go with him. And Moses had already witnessed the power of God. He had already witnessed some incredible things up on Mount Sinai. When he saw, they saw the thunderings and the lightnings. They saw the smoke of Sinai that was uh, descending on it. They heard the blast of trumpets, the thunderings and the lightnings. They, Moses had all that. So he had the promises. He had the, the, his presence and he had already witnessed the power and yet Moses said, God show me your glory. Moses was saying, I've seen, I've saw the power, I've had the promises and I've got the assurance of your presence but God I gotta have you as a person. I've got to know you in, in all your attributes. i got to know you. I want you, God. i got to have you. So tonight, church, on this Aldar, the third, can we make a declaration to say, God, we got to have your presence. Show us your glory. Show us, God, you. Lord, we want to see you. We want to know you. We want to know you, God. That's, that's our prayer. God, and this is what God said. God said, I will make all my goodness. 
Everybody say goodness. I make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord, or no, Yahweh. I'll proclaim my name before you. I'll, I'll do that. The, the, the Hebrew word for goodness is, is tube. That's what it is. It's, it's tube. And it, and it means gladness, welfare, joy, beauty. This is my favorite. The best. The best. So Moses realized when he understood the glory of God, first thing he understood was God's glory is in his goodness. If you don't know God's good, you don't know him much at all. You want to see the glory of God, you got to understand that God is good. He said, Moses, he said, you cannot look on my face and live because nobody looks on my face and live. He said, there is a place beside me. And he said, when I pass by you, he said, I'll put you on the cleft of the rock and I'll take my hand and I'll place it over you so that when I pass by you, you won't see my face, but you'll see my back. Can I tell you that when God placed his hand over Moses, he was doing a few things. While he was revealing, he was concealing. While he was blessing, he was protecting. So I tell you tonight, church, that it will ask and get God's glory to come and say, God, we want to know you, uh, that when his glory shows up and he does things for us, not only will he reveal himself, but he'll conceal. Not only will he bless, but he'll protect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. Show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. I want to know you, God. Show me your glory. Would you stand with me tonight? So tonight, when we ask for God's glory and he shows us himself, you know what we're getting? The best. We're getting his best. That's what we're going to get. Amen. So let our hearts not cry out, Lord, bless me. But Lord, show me your glory. Because when we get his glory, we get him. Or let's say it like this. When we get Jesus, we get his glory. And his glory is his best. Tonight on Aldar the third, we can celebrate and we can rejoice because God's glory is here. And this is the best part of it all. You and I are made temples of the Holy Spirit. And God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. We can rejoice in that, amen? So it's God, show me, show me your glory. 
Now this is what I want to tell you. Before I came, the Lord showed me that there are many people who just need something good to happen in their life. There are many here tonight that you just feel like nothing good's going on. No peace, no joy. Everything seems to struggle. No peace. Maybe you're in a backslidden state. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You're looking for something good. And tonight, while we were here in the service, when I was back there, Holy Spirit spoke to me and gave me the rest of this. And this is what he said. He said, tell them, Robbie, that I am coming to give them and show them my goodness. I'm coming to give them my goodness. So what is it that you need tonight? Do you need his goodness? Would you bow your heads with me? I want you to be honest with the Lord tonight. How many would say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. I need something good. I need something. I want the best. I've tried all these other things, and it's not working. It's not good. But I come tonight with a broken heart. My heart's not right with God. I'm in turmoil. There's anxiety and fear and worry in my life. I need something good. I want you to know God has promised to give you something good. He can give you himself. So if you're here tonight, you've never been saved, never given your life to Jesus Christ, or you're backslidden and you've wandered away from him, you're living miserable, you're, you're, you've got anxiety, fear in your life, and you say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need him tonight. I need him to come into my life. I, I'm calling out on him because I need his glory. I need his goodness. Would you just lift your hands up real quick if you need him? Okay, there's some hands, there's some hands, there's some hands. Okay, there's some all over. The, there, there they are. All right. Everybody looking at me. Everybody looking this way. This is what I want you to do. Unashamedly and boldly. Because you're like Moses. Show me your glory. I need to know the goodness of God. I need to know God is good. I need to know God is real. I want you to real quickly, if you raise your hand, come and meet me in the altar right now. We're going to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Come on. If you raise your hand, come on. Come on, meet me in the altar. Come on. Right here. Come on up. Come on, there's some more back here. Come on. If you raise your hand and you need God's glory and you need the peace of Jesus to come in your life, come on, come on. Come on, there's still some. Come on. Come on, there's others right back here. They lifted your hands. Come on. Come on, unashamed. Come on, church, keep praying. Tonight, tonight, it all changes. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Come on. Now, can we get some altar workers to come and pray with them? The altar team right there, come and pray with them. Lead them to the Lord. They're going to give their life to Jesus right here. Okay, they're going to pray for them. Teach them the way of salvation. There, there are some if there's still others that, that need Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Show me your glory, God. Come on, let's, let's ask him. Show me. Lord, show me your glory. 
What about it's you personally? Right there where you are. God, show me. Show me your glory. Show us your glory, God. We want to know about you, Lord. We want to know about you, God. Come on, they're still coming. They're still coming. Come on, others that need to know the goodness and the glory of God. Come on, can one more time, one more time, the goodness of God is being released. Listen, God's going to show his goodness in the altar tonight. God's going to show his goodness in these pools tonight. God's going to show his goodness because we want him. We want him. One more time. Let's give him praise tonight. Come on. <laughs>